Welcome to the second anniversary of the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. October is our anniversary month and is our 2020 quarter of Thanksgiving. Fred and I are excited about how the Lord's grace and mercies allow us to have the podcast. Two years we are celebrating in our purpose to move God's people to a growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying prayer life to His glory and the added bonus of experiencing a taste of eternal life right now. In our celebration, if you write to the podcast, we are offering one of the popsicle crosses designed and made by Paul Nichols to remind us all to have the faith of a child. Thank you for listening. And now, here's your host of the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. I am still thanking the Lord for the opportunity to have a podcast at all, or to have any platform from which I can teach on prayer. I'm also praying for God's will in the big picture that he uses the podcast in some ways to help his church, the redeemed, pray and make prayer consistent in our lives. And, as always, we have to be trusting on the timing of the episodes here at the Free Range Preacher. It has been a couple of weeks. It's been a little bit of health issues and some issues of just being preoccupied with some things in my life. And I even was able to get out of town for a few days and have a real blessed time with two of my buddies from childhood. And in that time, though, the timing of this, how long it has taken to do these things, The timing has really been out of my hands, so I don't feel bad, but we do have to trust the Lord that our consistency, inconsistency in this case, is part of his will, because I really could not have done anything different over the last couple of weeks. And we know that everything works together for our good, and as Psalm 119 states, that all things are his servants. So we're trusting him in that. But thank you for your patience. Now, the good news is October didn't go exactly like I had planned, but that's okay. We're going to keep moving ahead with the same sort of idea to get more podcasts out, to get more devotionals out. The other good news is I was able to get the interviews done that I wanted to get done, with one with my children and one with my friend Lorna on prayer. And I've been praying about having more. I think Paul's went well. I think these will go well. And we'll see what we can do in the future. Now, I talked with both Lorna and my children for an hour, a little more than an hour with my children. And because of my mad editing skills, I should be able to get those into three or maybe four episodes. So we'll disperse those as well. And I'm trying not to call this a show. It's not a show, even though I might slip up a little bit and do that from time to time. And I know that the word episode gets a little old. I'm working on a couple of other things, but we'll see how that goes. But this is not a show. This is a teaching on prayer. It's a little hard to pin down in the Christian world. It's not a sermon. And sometimes I feel like maybe I shouldn't call it lessons, but maybe I should. I don't know. But we are in the midst of teaching on thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we started the podcast years ago, The initial thrust of the podcast was teaching and talking like you 
are just starting your prayer life. It's been over two years now. And for the last several months, the closest thing we've ever really come to a coherent curriculum it has been this passage here in uh, Matthew on the Lord's Prayer. And so we've been teaching through that. You can refresh if you need. Right now, we're reviewing in closer detail the phrase, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are using, by way of reminder, a sermon from John MacArthur several years ago on God's will. We have seen that God's will is actually pretty clear in the broadest strokes, which then actually leads us to understand specific prayer requests for ourselves and for others. Now, we've already covered, and they're there for you to listen to if you want, it is God's will for men, mankind, that is, to be saved. It is God's will for Christians, once saved, to be filled with the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, reading God's Word, and committed to obeying God's Word. And then we looked at the last lesson, couple weeks ago, that it is God's will that our lives change, that we become conformed to the image of his son Christ, which is sanctification. That's the theological word, the common word for that, the common theological word for that. I like to call it spiritual growth, but that's not quite as sophisticated as sanctification. And maybe there's some elements in spiritual growth. No, I think spiritual growth is sanctification, that process. And today we are going to look at one of the hardest aspects of the will of God that we as humans have to deal with. And that is, it is God's will that his people suffer. Suffering is part of the Christian life. Suffering is part of the life of humanity. But very often we have the thought that's actually an error that as Christians, maybe we don't shouldn't have as much suffering as other people. That's not true. And in fact, I think truly our suffering is deeper than the unsaved. Not deeper in events, but deeper, the meaning is deeper in our own souls. And in fact, the bridge from sanctification to submission, which is what we're going to talk to about next time, is suffering. Suffering is that bridge. I used a couple weeks ago, I used the thought of a linchpin. And I like that thought because you have the elements of our Christian life. And what a linchpin is, is if you picture an old wagon wheel, a wooden one, let's say, you had the axle. Wood is not really the best medium for, for fine screws, you know, like you'd screw in a, a nut on a bolt. That's not the best for that. So you'd have your axle. And then you would have your will built around that it could slip on the axle. And then you had to have something to hold the will to the axle, which was a wooden collar, typically. And then the lynch pin was a wooden pin in the beginning, metal pins later, that you hammered into place. And it held all the pieces of the axle wheel and the collar together tightly. And... Now, since it is God's will that we are sanctified and that we do submit, we'll look again, like I said, at that next time. Suffering not only accelerates our sanctification, makes us want to be different, but what holds all those things together is suffering. Suffering brings humility, and it's only in humility that we can truly submit to God and to one another. So suffering is important. We don't like it but it's important. We would rather be comfortable 
but it's important. And I have a heart for the concept of suffering. In my life, it has been key. And if you really think about it, you'll probably see the key character of suffering in your life, especially after today. It does explain God's answers to our prayers sometimes. Sometimes we say, why did he say no about this? Because suffering is part of our lives. You may have a long illness and you might say, why the length of this illness? And when you stop and think about it, you know what you've learned over that time. You guys know from the episodes on Providence, go back and listen to those. In my own life, two things that the subject of Providence and my my Christian life before God illustrate is A, that God's providence is real, and B, that God is doing the same sorts of things now he did in the Old Testament. Sometimes we forget that. The fact that I could go through all the health problems I have and not be dead, even after talking to both of my doctors that I trust, it's still amazing the results of whatever has happened, even to them. And neither of them, as far as I know, are Christians. But that suffering brought me to this place where I am able to do the podcast. And so suffering is important to us. It energizes our spiritual growth. Now, two things, and then I'm going to get to how I'm going to handle this episode. The first is we saw a couple of years ago, I don't know precisely when, but we saw when we started answering the question about knowing God through his answers to our prayers, we saw that God says, Yes, sometimes exactly the way we prayed. He says, wait, although we didn't cover that one a lot. Sometimes he says yes, but with a little twist, not exactly the way we prayed it. And sometimes he says no. And for our our illustration of that, our biblical illustration of that, we used Paul's prayer request to have his thorn in the flesh removed, the thorn in his side. God's answer was no, and Paul went on to give God glory as he then described the reason God said no, and the fact that Paul's suffering, this thorn in the flesh, was designed by his Savior to make and to keep Paul from exalting himself, in other words, to keep him humble and serving the way he was supposed to serve. On top of that, Paul learned that his power in preaching was magnified by his trusting in God. And he was able to say, when I rely on him in my weakness, he shows his strength. So that was a win-win-win for Paul. He didn't care. He stopped caring about the thorn in the flesh because he knew God's will. And he knew God's will was complete and perfect. And he needed that thorn in the flesh. And secondly, before we go, and again, this is not in-depth into suffering. There are many good books about that. You should read some if you haven't thought about it, or if you think I'm crazy on this point. But secondly, one of the things we need to remind ourselves today is Jeremiah. In the midst of Jeremiah's sorrow, read the first three chapters. I suggested that before in the book of Lamentations. And you will be amazed at chapter 3. But that's how Jeremiah was feeling. His soul was being ground into the gravel, he says. In the midst of that, Lamentations 3, 32 through 33, he says this. For if he causes grief, that's God, then he will have compassion 
according to his abundant loving kindness. For he does not afflict willingly or grieve the sons of men. When God brings suffering to us and sorrow to us, there's no malice. He's not enjoying it. He doesn't cause grief because it's just fun to do that. He causes grief because he knows we need it to fulfill his will in our earthly lives. One of the most humbling truths in my life is the number and the severity of the trials and sorrows which I have lived through. And for me, the difficult conclusion is I needed those trials, and they were perfectly suited by God for who I am to change my life. Because, I think it's a phrase in the Bible, because most of my life I have been dull of hearing when it comes to the seriousness of God's call, the seriousness of my personal thoughts and attitudes and actions, the import of eternal life that our Christians' live lives have, I have been dull of hearing in all those things, and he needed to get my attention, and he does that through trials. We are not, until God puts us through trials of varying degrees, prayerfully yours have been less severe than mine, and I know that that's not always the case. Some of you have more trials and more suffering than I could even imagine. But it's in those times of suffering that we learn to be spirit-filled, submitting to the Holy Spirit, that our sanctification grows, His will, not ours, that we learn to be submissive to God and to others around us. And then we're going to also look at the subject of saying thanks. And only from a humbled heart can we truly say thanks for everything that God has done for us. One of the other results I've alluded to already of those trials is the compassion I have for people in trial. Listen to some of last October's show, shows, episodes. God has tempered my judgment of other people. He has stripped away the pride which has overwhelmed me or overwhelmed me before. And he has moved in my life if the report of the people who live around me are to be believed. God has moved, God has used those trial, trials to make me a more effective minister or ministry, doing ministry in a more meaningful way. And I'm able to help better than I would have ever been before other people healing and living before God, all because of trials, sorrows, suffering, we would say. I've also learned reading and listening to pastors, teachers, and theologians that each one of them in their lives no matter how far back you go, they develop themes that characterize what they say and what they talk about. So right now, for a pastor like John MacArthur, the Word of God keeps coming up. R.C. Sproul, the person, what I love about that is R.C. is the person and the character of God that comes up all the time. When I first became saved, and I, I have kind of lost track about him a little bit, John MacArthur was the mind of the gospel for me as I was learning and growing. And Chuck Swindoll was the heart of the gospel for me. Right now, Alistair Begg is the heart, and John Piper, they are the heart of the gospel for me. Not that their teaching isn't biblically sound. It is. It obviously is. But there's just the theme of their lives are a little bit different than MacArthur's and even a little bit different than R.C.'s. 
And part of that theme for my life is for suffering. I can't help when I hear or when I listen or when somebody talks to me. I always try to help assuage that a little bit, to give them encouragement. And of course, we could focus on what God has done, what God has done biblically, but that isn't always helpful. So as much as my heart hurts for the people I know and, and for every one of you who are listening, that you may be in a difficult trial, I don't want to give you solutions, even the right ones today, because I don't know God's timing. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or the next day or the day after. This will become a time of rejoicing for you. And if you haven't gone into trial yet, in the midst of it, you may think you will never rejoice again, but you will. So for this episode, what I've decided to do, I wanted to do it a little differently. In just a minute, I'm going to pray and I'll tell you about that. And then I'm going to read with little commentaries, at least as little as I'm able to have the self-control for, the three men passages in the New Testament, for me at least, concerning trials and suffering. And the reason I didn't open this episode with prayer, which is our want, and for you young people, we used to say stuff like that. But I didn't open it in prayer this time because I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will work through his word that he will speak through his word to your soul, whatever you need today. I'm going to pray that you will seek him, the possible reasons for the suffering in your life right now, if they're there, or or remember to when suffering does come and trials come, and that you'll seek the resulting truth of his word that our sufferings are meant for us to show us God's will and his love for us and to give us reasons to glory, to give him the glory. One last thing, and then then we will start. I'm going to announce the passage, and then I'll pause for just a short moment. In that time, if you have your Bible available and ready, perhaps hit the pause button, look up the passage, and read along with me. I think that really will deepen the impact of what God wants to teach and do today. And you can do that even if you're not using the the NASB Bible 1977 version. It will still make sense, but it would be helpful. So if you'd like, you can pause the episode, get out your Bible, and find your place. Let's go to prayer together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We do thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercies. We thank you for the last couple of weeks. So many things have happened. I thank you by your divine providence. I've needed to rest. I've needed to go visit some friends. I've needed to love on some people and to be loved by some people. And so we trust in you during this time and for future generations. Lord, you know, and it just reminded me, and I just thought of this, for future generations, there won't be a two-week gap. But for everyone who listens and who listens to the podcast, even a few minutes after it gets published, Lord Jesus, Thank you for their patience and their willingness to listen to your word. And so we would first be praying for ourselves and the people around us and your church that you would be comforting us in all our affliction. We know, we've even read today, that you mean it for good and not for evil, but it still hurts when we're in it. So we would pray for comfort. We would also pray that you would help us to put our suffering into perspective 
and that we would see very specifically, Lord Jesus, your will in the things that we go through, and that we would deepen our trust while we are in those trials or sorrows or sufferings. Again, we pray that you would increase our trust, help us to desire the results of that suffering, our suffering, and to know that you give every good gift and every trial is from you, designed by you, to sanctify us and to do more, make of our lives more than we could ever ask or think in your kingdom. Lastly, Lord Jesus, help me to get out of the way, especially today. Let us read your word. Give us understanding, everyone who listens. Give to each and every single person who listens what they need to hear today. Lord, what they need to hear right now to comfort them and to give them strength so that they can hold up through your present will in their lives. For those, Lord, who have just heard this, are just now learning that suffering is a part of our lives in Christ, I would pray that if they haven't had context before, you would give them context now from your word. Empower your word, Holy Spirit, so that looking back, seeing the context of your mercies and your grace and your power and your justice, that we will all find comfort knowing the result of the trials that you've given us. Again, Lord Jesus, help me get out of the way. We bless you and we thank you at this moment in time, whether it's turmoil from COVID, political turmoil, or the turmoil that some of us live live with every single day, we pray that you would give us that perspective and keep on moving for our hope that our eternity will be more glorious than we can even imagine. We present today to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, praying your power, your will be done, your wisdom gained, and that we would glorify Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with joy inexpressible. Thank you, Jesus, for today we commit all this in the name, again, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn, if you would, to James chapter 1, and we are going to read verses 2 through 8. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously, without reproach, and it will be given to him. And we're going to stop there in verse 6. Now, we're not going to go through verse 8. We're going to go through verse 6. And I'm going to read it once more really quickly. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. I guess we're just going through verse 5. But I told you, their joy, our joy comes from those trials. And at the very start, James says, consider it all joy. And again, as I understand it, the word there in the Greek, when he says that we are we become perfect, means maturity, not that we become morally perfect. 
but once again from James, consider it all joy. My next favorite passage on this subject comes from Romans, Romans 5, and we're going to read 1 through 5, I believe. We'll have to see, won't we? Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and a perseverance proven character and a proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has who was given to us. We are justified. We have that available peace. We stand in grace and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. We exult in our tribulations as well. Instead of me, one more time, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and a proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're still with me, we're going to look at Hebrews 12, and we're going to read the first 17 verses of Hebrews 12. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 1 through 17. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostilities, hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Real quickly before we go on, that's very explicit that we have sorrow by the will of God. Back to verse 9, sorry. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits 
and live, for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight the paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even at, for you know that even afterwards, when he, des- when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. Now, that was a pretty long passage. I'm not going to read it a second time. But I am going to read verses 11 through 13 again, though. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Make straight the paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Discipline is only for a moment, and it is not joyful but sorrowful. But the goal, and I can tell you this, I've experienced this only a little bit, not near as much as I wish I have in this life. But I'm telling you, having the peaceful fruit of righteousness is worth all momentary discipline. Thank you again, Heavenly Father, for this day. We do bow before you. I just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for everyone who listens. And again, pray your power in the Holy Spirit that you would comfort us by your words. Give us, holy God, the perspective of suffering in our lives. They are friends. They are a joy. They increase our hope. And most of all, we experience the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Thank you once again for this beautiful day even in our suffering, because of your will, because of our salvation. It is indeed, in the name of Jesus Christ, a beautiful day. And we commit this time to our Jesus, our good shepherd, who is the Christ. Amen. This is, as I said earlier, one of the themes of my life, suffering. And as the Lord wills, whatever time I have left, Whatever time I have left for the podcast, we will revisit suffering and prayer. But I will pray once the recorder is turned off one more time today that he will accomplish his purpose for this episode. Brethren, let us pray for one another in sincerity and in truth. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame 
at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Amen. Thank you once again for listening in all 28 countries around the world. Remember, to get your own Popsicle Cross, email us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. For any and all voiceover needs, contact me at durringtonr at gmail.com or richarddurrington.com. We are so thankful for you. Be blessed for the rest of your day.